Vic, Rustam's phone rings from an unknown number. Nina, the apartment, someone is knocking on the apartment door at the exact same time. Ruth ushers everybody, including the glitching dream child, into a space where they cannot be seen from the front door. They can't be seen from the bedroom, even if the door is open. Okay. But basically, Ruth is making sure they're all secure, nobody can be seen, and for the party, he had put on basically a reprogrammed version of his cage mask to cover up the fact that he has very extensive facial scarring. So before he opens the door, he peels that off. So he looks like his usual terrifying, extremely grumpy self again, and checks the keyhole. Or the... You know what I mean. (laughs) Yes. On the other side of the door is another glitch. You can't make out who this person is. You are seeing piles of snow, and then a very large bonfire, and then a large Polaroid picture of a tree with the caption, Why did I take a photo of this tree? If you look very, very long enough, you will notice it's Siobhan? Well, Ruth takes a moment, thinks to Ruthless, be nice now, uh, and opens the door. While that's happening, Vic, what are you doing with the phone? Just to make sure. Vic is has pressed record on their own phone, turned the phone onto speaker, and is is going to answer using a it's not of like voice it's not voice modulation, it's just them shifting their voice to be not as recognizable and answers hello. Vic, the voice that you hear is very obviously perturbed, seems intensely worried, and is whispering for some reason, but you know that it's Rustam Demir. Ruth, as you open the door, Siobhan stumbles in, and it's obvious in this moment that Siobhan may be actually in a great deal of pain, and only for the purposes of the audience, because I'm indulgent like that. In unison, both of them say, respectfully, what the hell did you do? Okay, so, rival, what are we saying together? (laughs) Aisha is safe, but she needs help. Ruth says dream shit. (laughs) Okay, cool. I'm gonna go with Ruth first. Siobhan is obviously attempting to exert a great deal of force of will to maintain her own body. And it's working, but only barely. And she looks you dead in the eye and goes, Where the hell are your friends? Y'all need to fix this. Now. Do you have a to-do list? Putting the girl back would be a good place to start. This wasn't supposed to... Where's... Where's Vic? Ruth, upon hearing that the solution to all of this is putting a kidnapped child back into the kidnap bubble, reaches out, takes the collar of whatever manifestation Siobhan happens to be in, lifts her up, and puts their faces very close. And even when she's a bonfire, he doesn't give a fuck. And he says, this isn't some the ones who walk from Omalas bullshit. 
I never read that, you know. It shows. Let's cut very quickly back to Vic. So still still in not their own voice, uh, Vic says, We rescued Aisha. She's safe, but she needs you. You don't have to be beholden to the evil eye emoji anymore. You know that doing what they want is going to hurt a lot of people, and now you have options. But you don't get it. it the dream, I... I don't know what it is with Aisha, but the dream was responsible for her still being here. I don't even know what's going to happen to her now that you've, I don't know, tried to force corporeality. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't a good state to be in, but at least they were monitoring her. At least I got to work on an answer to the question. Now I don't get to do that. Now... They're looking for her, and they think this was my plan all along. I need to put this right before it gets messy, before... Rustam, it's been messy. You've made mess up and down the coastline all around this city. And I get making a mess for love. But I was taking my time. They didn't need to know that I was stalling. Now it looks like I were... Now look, it looks like I was stalling for you all to plan a rescue mission they're literally coming for me now they're coming for you too if you didn't figure that part out they've always been coming for me Demir. i don't have your privileges here's right. what we're gonna do and i want to and i'm gonna i want to call a scene frame uh cut okay. to Definitely. meeting with Demir, or uh, from my side of the conversation i don't want to cut ruth siobhan short mm -hmm. so uh, we're going to stick a pin in this, and then I'm going to qualify a thing. Uh, but let's cut back to Ruth. I'm going to say also that Ruth says this little thing, makes a scathing indictment of Siobhan's education, which is hilarious because Siobhan is also a teacher. And then just as Vic drops that little scathing indictment of uh, Demir's moral character, he opens the door with Siobhan in tow and says... They want us to do fucked up shit, Vic. <laughs> <laughs> and then from there, we can like smash to the meeting with Demir. <laughs> ah, uh, beautiful. So, so this is what I will say, because y'all need social links too very badly. Rustam Demir has set up a meeting. You, you will essentially be picked up surreptitiously to meet him at the, the worst of the two parks in Cloud Harbor. At 6 p.m. tomorrow night. Which means that you all still have the next day to first go to work. Which we're going to handle very briefly. Vic, do you go to work? I don't think so. I think, I think uh, Vic, maybe depending on obligation role, uh, either uh, burns PTO or uses PTO they don't have. I'm gonna say you had the PTO. Uh, it would be fair. It would be unfair if you didn't. Even in the even in the dystopia, you need your vacation days. So where are you at like ten o'clock in the morning? Vic is doing mastermind shit, building a a double cross for Demir to uh, lure out the host, which is called like. 
basically contacting revolutionaries, spreading around information on Demir's phone to create fallback plans of like, okay, if we get screwed over, the fight continues. Here's stuff that people would need to know about what uh, about what Demir's company is doing. And so I think they are parallel track disseminating information in case this mission fails and setting things up so that this mission won't fail. I would like you to give me your obligation roll now. Da -da -da, da -da -da. Uh, so I have three, two, two. So I think this is probably still going to be stars because that's what I've been rolling. Mm -hmm. Roll 2d6. I got a three and a one. So I will take on three stress. Sounds about right. You are on the phone with one of your comrades when you hear gunfire on the other end of the line. They're like, oh shit. And then you don't hear anything from them for a good long while. And then you hear breathlessness as if they're running with the phone, but they still don't ever actually reply to any of your thing, any of your uh, statements. And then after maybe a minute and a half of lots of gunfire, they pick up the phone and they go, uh, Vic? I'm here. Uh, I need I need to go. I think you need to lay low. They found us somehow. I think I'm the only person here. I need to get out. I need to get out of here. I, I will call you. Don't... I trust you. Don't call this number again. Remember the Strawberry Sunday. And that's code for here is the safe house to fall back to. I was in the mood for that too. Keep strong. And they hang up. Later in the news, you hear gang-related activity being busted up by the police, and that 20 or so gang members have lost their lives in this skirmish. You know that to be the majority of the people who were, from, who were stationed at that building. Yeah, that's a, a not insignificant uh, percentage of kind of active revolutionary agents in this city. I would imagine. Nina, do you go to work? Oh my god, I don't know. I, th <laughs> I think if she doesn't go to work... So, here's... Okay, I'm going to rope Kat in on this one. I'm sorry that I'm going to sort of make a scene out of this. I'm going to try to keep it short. But I think Nina is going to be like on the verge of calling in sick. But does Kat know of times when like this hasn't happened before we're in unprecedented territory i believe more or less but have there been other timelines where nina called in sick and got fired such that cat would be like absolutely not or timelines where nina didn't call in sick and something bad happened when she went into work because i feel like i'm interested to know if Kat would try to stop her either way. I think Kat would try to stop Nina from going into work. We are essentially at war with Dreamshine right now. Please do not walk into their office. Remember the bit where you have to like badge out to leave? They're going to Hotel California you. Please don't. But if I'm there, maybe I can help Nina do something. Nina. I feel like at the end of this, 
Mm, mm, mm. How do I say this? Um, please do not count on a long-term career at the evil corporation trying actively to kill us. I I know. I mean, you know what? I... You know what? We're getting on a new dystopian LinkedIn right now. But We're if going I... to talk to some recruiters today. If I don't go, am I being a coward? You're being not kidnapped. Is okay. not kidnapped a coward thing? Vic! Vic is not getting kidnapped cowardly! If Vic is there, then <laughs> Vic's response is, it is always virtuous to survive to fight another day. Thank you! Okay. 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 While, while this is happening, uh, Nina, you get a notification on your phone that morning. Uh, <laughs> okay. It's... She would have called in sick then at, at, at the advice of her friends. The notification is that uh, a package has arrived at your home for you to pick up. Um, Was she expecting a package? (laughs) Now give me your obligation. Okay. I've actually completely forgot what obligation is. It's just a D6, right? (laughs) Um, How many many, uh, actions do you have in your lowest attribute? I have the wrong file open. Uh, Zero, I guess, because my dot in conceal is a transcendent dot. So, what attribute is that? I mean, I it's stars. I have nothing in stars. Roll 2d6 for me. Okay. It's a 4 and a 6. Wow. So, because you'll have to take the lesser results, you still take 2 stress? And we have not reset stress? Or is this is the resetting of the stress and now I have... Okay. No, yeah. This is... Yeah. This is... Yeah. You get back to your apartment... And there is a cylindrical package waiting for you on your doorstep. Do not open the pipe bomb. I was going to say, did anybody come with me or am I alone? (laughs) I feel like at this point, the group would have a buddy system going on. That is sort of my impulse as well. Who would be with me, Kat, Ruth, or Vic? Vic is otherwise occupied, I think. So it's probably got to be Kat or Ruth. Definitely, Kat. All right. Ruth, are you with us? I think Ruth's got to be watching Aisha and Siobhan, mm. potentially. Somebody's got to be with them, too. babysitting. I can't believe this. Yeah, that's its own scene. I'm just picturing Ruth sitting on the couch in between two glitching people trying to watch soaps. <laughs> he has sunglasses on because he's autistic, and this is hurting him a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Ruth has instructed them not to talk during his stories. Mm. <laughs> anyway, so the the package. Mm-hmm. Uh, so are you going to open it or not? Yeah, no. Let's let's not. Hang on. Is Nina's doorstep like street facing? Is this an apartment so, with like a hallway? No, Nina lives in an efficiency behind somebody's house. It's essentially like a side room. <laughs> That somebody rents out that has like a kitchenette in it and a bathroom. Like a converted garage with a Basically, yeah, like a converted garage, essentially. Yep. So, yes. Nina, open the door real quick. Okay. Nina opens the door. <laughs> Kat reaches in, grabs one of Nina's umbrellas out of the stand, uses it like a golf club to flam the cylindrical little package into the street. Ah! 
It rolls into the street. Nothing happens. It rolls as if it is remarkably light. Let's just leave that in... That can be someone else's problem. But wh- wh- who is it from, though? Did did I see who it was from before she punted it? Did it have uh, a name it, on it besides it my name? It didn't have a okay. name or return address on it. But what so if it's something important? What if we need that for something? I can't think of any possible scenario in which we need to be blown up. Better safe than sorry. What if it's from like somebody that's trying to help us? Then they should learn to put a fucking return address on their pipe bombs. It can't be a pipe bomb, right? It just kind of wafted. For all we know, it's time activated. Wafted was the word of the day on Merriam-Webster.com. Wait a minute, but then it could hurt somebody else. This is a compelling argument. It is, however, not very high on my priority list today. So here's a question. What happens if you stuff a pipe bomb, potentially a pipe bomb, through a, a chunk of glass into open dream space. Ay ay ay. Sounds very bad. Is anything else weird in Nina's house, or is that the only weird thing? Is this new package that has arrived? No, oh, yeah, just a package. So, to be absolutely positively sure, you're not opening the package, yes? I'm just picturing that it's from the deck of reveries and it's just, it's a card the cat has sent back and has placed it on Nina's doorstep. And then we're going to miss out on an important clue. That's me out of character though. Not me in character. Mm. I'm just like, ah, this has so much potential to be either a terrible thing. But future cat would remember past cat punting this thing away because of how suspicious it is. So future cat would have to be smarter and find a different delivery method. All right. Sounds good. Also, Future Cat literally sent Present Cat a Polaroid of her own middle finger held up in a big ol' fuck you, and that does not strike me as the personality of someone who mails a potential pipe bomb to you. Yeah, this package this package will return. It, it will boomerang, I suspect, if we definitely need it. So, okay. Mm-hmm. Going with Cat's impulse to not open the package. Cool. Julie noted. <laughs> Ruth, do you go to work today? Is anybody looking after Aisha and Siobhan? What is the situation with those two? I'm sure if you wanted to take turns, you could ask somebody to fill in afterwards. Another thing, too, is are we now hiding out at Vic's place? Because we all know now that the conspiracy or conspiracy members at least know where Ruth lives. Maybe we're hiding out at Key Lime Pie. Another, uh, another safe house. I love these names so much. (laughs) If we're all hiding out at the safe house, Ruth is going to have brought things there just to make sure everybody can be tidied over. And he'll go to work, assuming that everybody else is at the safe house watching our new uh, visual glitches, I guess. Buddy system. Somebody would have to go with Ruth. I hate Vic, so Vic is coming, right? Yeah, of course. I think Vic has to leave something at a dead drop for a comrade mm. on the way. Ruth is really pissy about it. Like, Vic is following him out, and Ruth says, <laughs> Ruth get, got really snippy about him following along, and Vic said, no, we're just going in the same direction of a place at the same time. <laughs> but yeah, Ruth goes to work. Uh, please give me your obligation roll now. 
My lowest stat is in Moon, which is Consequences of Despair. Mm-hmm. So that's a three. So I take three stress. The minute that you are on the corner with Monsieur and Roses, you notice that Edna is being arrested. Oh! Uh-huh. Two very burly, very silent uh, police officers are escorting Edna out of the building in handcuffs. And what's her name again? Uh, Madeline Vargas, the reporter who covered the last, the, who covered the last shenanigans that uh, Monsieur and Roses was uh, wrapped up in, is very eagerly front and center with her cameraman, documenting the entire scene. You get the impression that while while the actual report that you're hearing Vargas deliver on the uh to the camera is presumably uh neutral, you get the impression that once Madeline notices that you are there, she seems kind of pleased that this is happening. I don't care about her <laughs> of the two police people um is one of them the policeman that I saw in our first session <laughs> accosting the owners? Okay. But one of them looks to be the exact same age. Okay. Do they have their badges with them? Does it look to be, like, above board, basically? They seem to be performing the thing. Edna walks past you and says, I'm sure this is nothing. Please make sure that things are still in order at the shop. I'll... Sort this misunderstanding out at some point. Ruth nods. Uh, when you turn to the door, you notice that Kenneth is trying to usher you into the... Oh, no. Okay, so I go into the shop. Here I go. Ooh. He proceeds to tell you that Edna is being arrested for assaulting the officer that uh, you previously met. And they claim that it happened... Last night, even though they were, even though uh, Edna and Kenneth spent the entire night together and never saw the guy, but said police officers apparently presented a police report that includes a very grievous wound to the face that he says he got from a glass bottle that Edna hit him in the head with. So yeah, that's a thing. That's happening. Right. Mm-hmm. Work continues as normal with mild interruptions from nearby news crews. I will say that at the end of the day when I leave, I take a personal item of Edna's from the office home with me. What do you take? I think she really liked those little gachapon uh, desk standees of cute little animals or plants with faces on them in ways that Ruth finds actually very disturbing. So he just takes one of those and uh, brings that home with him. Cat, do you go to work? Cat was never going to go to work in the first place because Cat's smart enough to call out after, like, to already have scheduled so that she is not going to work the day after this stupid party. Okay, where are you right now? Cat is at the safe house after having accompanied Nina. Because with Ruth going to work, someone needs to be on babysitting duty, apparently. 
Sorry, Kat. Kat is Kat is one hundred percent the worst, like the worst person for this. But she also has like three colors of nail polish rattling around in the bottom of her purse for emergency touch-ups, and she is using those now to do Aisha's nails while Aisha's just glitching in and out of reality <laughs> and like I mean... chatting. Kat is trying aggressively to be normal about this. A thing which is like, you know, normal to want, impossible to achieve. <laughs> mm -hmm. I will say very idly, the secondary side effect of you attempting to do this to someone who is presently glitching out of reality is your, what color of nail polish are you applying? Aisha wanted all of them. Kat is doing this weird alternating French tip deal. Um, in two shades of pink and one of purple. Every time Aisha returns to her normal corporeal form, uh, one of the nails that you have already completed now smells like... It, each of those nails it smells like a new different fruit. Hmm. Not how it was supposed to happen, but, you know, this is so much better than regular nail polish scent. Kat also stopped at the Konbini on the way over and just got, like, loads of snacks. This is like so those we're markers I used to smell. Nice. Is there and a TV well, in the safe house? Vic? Like, is yeah, so I have a proposed location for the safe house. I put it in chat, but I can say it so that we mm -hmm. get it on tape. So I think Key Lime Pie is the offices of Give Time, a shuttered mutual aid crowdfunding tech startup that was renting out an unfinished floor of a now abandoned skyscraper that was turned into a tax write-off when Arbyte, spelled A-R-B-Y-T-E, merged with Allmat, a heavy material slash real estate company. So it would have TV, there's bathrooms, and then there are several levels above it that have open sides, like the top levels of Nakatomi Plaza in Die Hard. So that means if this was a tech startup's former office, that means it has flat screens in it still. Somebody didn't claim to uh, come to claim any of the hardware in this space. Cool. What is your lowest attribute, Cat? Sun and Moon are tied for lowest, actually, because I don't. But I think if it comes down to it, wait, no, yeah, they're tied. Um, Man, I don't have dots in anything. Holy good goddamn, how are we cl this close to Endgame and my character is still this flimsy and weak? You do balance because you have the playbook stuff instead of the dots. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cause Ruth's the opposite. He has all dots, but no special abilities. <laughs> mm -hmm. How to build um, a glass cannon. Mm -hmm. So which, which, of, which of these two attributes will you roll then? I feel like this is a moon kind of moment. So let's see. Lowest attribute. How many dice am I rolling here? I have two dots in moon, but one is a regular dot and one is a transcendent dot. How's that going to count? Oh, yeah, that's one. Yeah, I thought so. That's a five. Okay, you, you only get one stress. Nice. And I think that specifically that stress is coming from trying to be cheery and normal. Which, which makes what's about and like just remarkably being setting she is trying so hard to set everyone at ease mm -hmm. uh, your phone buzzes she has a mouthful of shrimp chip <laughs> when you when you look at your when you look at your phone you notice that it is in fact 
a very long and very hostile email from Emily mm-hmm. about w- whether Somnio is about to close, whether uh, you have not been fulfilling your responsibility in maintaining Somnio. Unnecessarily aggressive, given the fact that your relationship had never been this immediately hostile before. How do you respond to the email? You know what? Cat specifically is not scheduled today. Cat doesn't. When the little pop-up for this eh, red notification comes up, she hits no. Um, that can sit until, well, she's on the clock because goddammit, like, Somnia's an okay job. Somnia was hourly. <laughs> so this happens. All of your workdays, well, the workdays for the people who actually went to work come to an, come to an end. Um, around two o'clock, you have roughly four hours until your meeting with uh, Rustam Demir. You all have downtime available, but you all do. I think at least one of Ruth's actions should be spent with Vic doing research into Aisha's history. Because Ruth had the notes on the medical stuff, and Vic still has the phone, correct? Yes. So, yeah, I think maybe... I don't know, we do a little medical history investigation, a little uh, dive into, let's see where she has been treated, who treated her, all of that kind of stuff. Wow, Ruth is really pulling in his medical uh, weight here. <laughs> yeah, I think Vic Vic has the skills to hack into the system. Ruth has the skills to navigate the probably incredibly Byzantine uh, medical record system. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately for Ruth, it's actually quite fun doing a research project with Vic. <laughs> so shall I roll for that, or would you like to roll for that? Because I think between the two of us, either could work, question mark? I was planning on investigating as one of my roles as well, so we could do two scene, or uh, one scene, two roles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, how does investigation work here again? <laughs> Right, we roll with the stat, correct? Or is it just a generic uh, pick investigation? An action. Yeah. But um, surveillance gives us minus one D to investigate until all surveillance all uh, are identified and overseer is confronted. Oh, well, doesn't that suck? Uh, how's your analyzed? I have one in analyze. I forget if we get free assists if we're PCs helping one another with these actions the way that you do in Blades. Uh, if not, I'm happy to to give a normal assist. Well, there is a series ability for this, <laughs> which we do need to take. There is looking for answers. Gain a plus 1D when you investigate. If a lead turns out to be a dead end, mark series XP. So we could take that if we wanted. It certainly would help here. But there's also a moment of crisis when factoring your engagement role. If you answer yes to does this mission determine the fate of a friend, gain plus 2D instead of plus 1D. So do we want to use this for investigation or do we want to save this for the mission? Question mark. I think investigation makes sense in terms of like what what would we have gained ground on Okay. since the last mission? Is the rest of the group okay with us taking that? I think that makes sense. Okay. 
Okay, so that means my one analyze becomes just a regular one analyze because it's plus one D but then minus one D. So yeah. So rolling one D six investigation. That's a two for me. We are not doing good. But that's still two, right? Because it's mm-hmm. one plus um the uh one, two, three result level. Yeah. Okay. Things that you know about Aisha Demir. Aisha Demir is uh, somewhere in her teens. If you if you ask Aisha herself, she will struggle to be able to tell you. But according to news media, like some uh, magazine interviews that Rustam has done, etc., Aisha fell ill around. 11 or 12 years old, like found herself in this very peculiar situation where she experienced what should have been a case of narcolepsy and hasn't woken up since. That took place roughly five and a half to six years ago, at which point you realize that the Aisha Demir that you've been speaking to for the longest while still looks 12. Which means that there is a matter of her actual physical body that probably needs to be addressed at some point. There are, like, some very weird, very conspiratorial blogs that have gone all the way into digging deeply into Aisha's uh, medical history. Which confirms that an all-new neurosomatic disorder called uh, coma facientis has been created to describe Aisha's mental state because according to tests from at least one of the more superior medical facilities in Cloud Harbor, Aisha is not merely still awake but is experiencing a level of brain function that is on some uh, on some metrics beyond that of most waking humans, they have essentially confirmed that parts uh, parts of the brain that are uh, responsible for, like, registering dream states are constantly active, but are interacting with parts of the brain that aren't supposed to be interacting with during REM sleep in ways that lead those uh, doctors to presume that... When Aisha is dreaming, she is also doing something or thinking about doing something at a level of mental activity that is higher than when adults are stimulated or have a future gratification in line with, com- with completing the task. Aisha is just active on a level that the rest of us have to work very hard to be active for. And nobody knows what that means. Or if there's an answer as to how that's going to help them wake her up. So should I go ahead and make my roll and then we can kind of build on that? Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay. So I think Vic's part of this looks more like, I think Vic is going to go wide rather than deep. And I want to, I'm going to roll perceive to go broadly 
and find find stuff to then kind of chew on by looking at every condition that we can find and patient that we can find with either that condition or something related to sleepwalking, narcolepsy, anything else to do with REM sleep. Because Vic has connected the dots between REM sleep and vivid dreaming as a vector along which kind of this, the dream conspiracy would have been acting given the information that um, Ruth is able to process. And so I want, basically Vic is trying to pull back and see the bigger picture. As an additional data point, Ruth will also give you one particular patient that he doesn't say where he got the file from, but basically it's Sarah. Yeah. from the previous session. So he just kind of gives that over a prompt and doesn't explain it. Okay. Yep. Cool. So I'm going to roll perceive here and we will lose a die and I will lose a die and then gain a die. So I'm going to be rolling 2d6. Okay. I got a six. So that is four ticks, I believe, which okay. will fill tier two and put us one tick into tier three. So we will start, we will have tier two for the engagement role at least. Brandon, tell me about the big picture. So, Aisha de Mare is the only case of coma facientis in the world where someone is in a permanent coma with this level of increased brainwave act- activity. As a result, she is the only patient of coma facientis ever documented in the history of medicine. No one ever thought about it beyond that point. Briefly, while skimming through other related cases, you notice a couple things. You come across the names of a handful of people who you know have been in fights with Dice Calendrine. And Ruth, you notice as a result, that all of them, on the night that you last fought Dice in the ring weren't present and you remember like vague chatter about some of them having been there or been on their way there and not actually arriving all of them have medical records for the night of that fight showing brainwave results that are in line with coma facientis for four hours and then recovering and then being discharged from the hospital I'm going to kill him. You notice, Ruth, you notice there is a medical record for Dice for the night that you were attacked by Siobhan. That shows Dice experiencing uh, coma facientis for six and a half hours. I'm still killing him. Fair. You check the MRI from when you scanned Siobhan. Even though you only had Siobhan in that MRI for maybe four or five hours, it's showing a level of engagement with, uh, with the uh, symptoms of coma facientis that typically take two to three hours to like fully form at that level. Siobhan had those results immediately. So I think in character, like, you know, they're kind of reading stuff and talking back and forth. And Vic asks, so does this condition result from an attack by the conspiracy? Or is the condition the vector of the attack itself, the method of the attack? I think you'd know better than I, based on what we've seen. Can I roll analyze? Uh, 
I can give you this for free because of these six. Your base conclusion, I mean, an assumption that you can make right now based on the evidence you've already gotten, is that every other case but Aisha, some manner of trauma occurred at that moment, which could, especially like actual physical assault. So it's possible that they were rendered unconscious and the end result was something was done to them while they were unconscious that triggered coma facientis. But they also woke up, so we don't know... Rather, while it is not... While you are not capable of being sure in this moment without more data, um, it stands to reason, based on the information that we've already received, that everyone but Aisha became unconscious, experienced something during unconsciousness that triggered coma facientis, and then woke up. And the only real evidence, that the only real thing to support what may have woken them up as a result is everyone who was assaulted by Dice, and Dice himself, all discharged from the hospital roughly 50 minutes to an hour and a half after... You all left first Dice's dream and then Siobhan's dream. You have no data for Siobhan because Siobhan was in a pod when she woke up. So yeah, something's happening in their heads. And it has something to do with the dream. Comparing this information to Aisha, by the way, doesn't present any conclusions about Aisha herself. Whatever happened to Aisha is unique. Cool. I think... I'm going to want to do a social links role with Ruth, but I'm happy to come back around to it. Yeah, we could swing a couple. Let's let uh, Nina and Kat do things first. Kat, do you want to do a thing? I think Kat and Nina are going to need to have like a moment. Oh, Lord. All my social links reset after the last mission. I need to delete some of these markings. Sorry. Hang on. (laughs) Yeah, Nina is definitely going to social link with everyone, possibly simultaneously again, for the sake of efficiency. Cannot wait until these are form-fillable sheets. Oh my gosh. Drawing the little circles on there has been. (laughs) But yeah, I think Kat is finally like, Nina, I know capitalism is terrible, but um, I think we need to have a talk about priorities. I know you feel like you don't have the resources to take care of you, but this morning you've very seriously considered going into the building of the per- the company that is very much trying to kill us and just, what, working 10 hours of a shift? Like, this isn't a healthy way to look at things and I am genuinely kind of worried about you. This is not an intervention, by the way. I would not have brought shrimp crackers to an intervention. They're really good, though. They are. They're fantastic. I think that Nina will share this intimate moment. Yes. All of you are always doing important stuff. And I just have jobs. It feels like, what what am I even if I don't go to work? You know, and I I know they don't care about me at the job. I I know they don't like me. They get my name wrong a lot. 
especially in emails. One time I got a write-up with my name wrong on it. This isn't making this better. I don't feel better about this. This is terrible. Yeah, Why? Yeah, yeah, it is. But what else can I do? I mean, capitalism, right? But <laughs> I think we have to believe that there is a baseline level of dignity that we all deserve. And I know you're super tired and everything and you're always busy, but, you know, assuming we don't all get ourselves murdered in the next week, I am totally committing my free time to getting you a different, better job where they at least remember your name. And don't throw things at me. Like that sign flipping job I had that one time. A lot of that was the general public, though. That is something that is a little harder to control for. And I kept dropping the sign. I wasn't very good at flipping it. It was longer than you're tall. I think you get a pass. But this guy, Jeff, was really good at it. And he was shorter than me, which is saying a lot. Is that the Jeff who you told me had all those wild stories about stuff he did in high school color guard? Yeah. Does it occur to you that perhaps... Jeff has specialized training that makes him uniquely suited to sign spinning. He was really good at marching, too. I should have joined the color guard. No. No. Would you really have been happy doing that? No, their skirts were so short. So short. Mm -hmm. It's so not good. Spending $300 on the tiniest spandex costume ever and then spinning a wooden rifle for six hours in the blazing sun? I like the sun. Okay, see, this is a start. We can think about things you like. And, you know, start looking for things that suit the things you like. I think lately I've been kind of distracted with all this stuff. And I haven't been paying as much attention to what's going on with you as I should have. And I'm sorry for that. Pat, you're my friend, not my mom. Well, yeah. God, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to get as well-preserved as your mom. What kind of moisturizer does she use? Lard. Just lard. She puts it in the bread, too. Okay, see. I will never look as good as your mom because I'm scared of my pillowcase smelling like bacon in the mornings. My dad loves it. <laughs> None of us needed to know that. Please tell me this scene is done. Please tell me this. Ru- Ruth just like looks up from the, su- the analysis to say that. <laughs> he would, he would. I'm sorry, I ruined the moment. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's perfect. This is the perfect end to that scene. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Lord. No, uh, I think the end of that scene is Cat standing up with a shrimp <laughs> chip in hand, marching over to Ruth and just pushing it into his mouth. <laughs> Hush, the you. The theme music for Speculate is Yellow Wood by Greg's band, The Road. Find out more at www.thebandtheroad.com.
Hi everyone. If you've enjoyed what we've been doing here on Speculate and you've been thinking to yourself, where can I get more role-playing in my life? Can I recommend arvaneleron.com, A-R-V-A-N-E-L-E-R-O-N.com, where you can check out the Curse of Strahd podcast. This, set in the world of Ravenloft, is a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition campaign, which has been running for a long time with a similar group of players, and which has been both a lot of fun and I think you will find enjoyable. If you like it, please let us know both there and over here. You can subscribe to it on iTunes, Google Play Podcasts, and many other fine podcast providers. Thanks, and we'll see you over there.